Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue in the Gospel of Matthew. Just two Sundays ago with our Lord giving us a teaching from the Sermon on the Mount. Last week, the encounter of our Lord with the centurion and his incredible faith in God that at just a word he would be able to heal his servant. And today we have our Lord having quite a different encounter. Before this gospel pericope, our Lord was having a nice nap. And our Lord was having a nice nap, not where you would want to have a nice nap, but he was asleep in a boat in the middle of a gigantic storm. Can you imagine the creator of all in a boat, sound asleep? If you've ever been in a boat that's in choppy waves, you know that's quite a feat to actually sleep unless you're really, really deep in sleep. Around him, what are the disciples doing? They're not asleep, that's one thing, right? (laughs) They are freaking out. That was what I was going to say, right? This is a serious storm. Where is Jesus? He's in the boat asleep. They go and they wake him up and he's like, what's the big deal? He calms the waves. The storm subsides, and he basically chides them. O ye of little faith, you have me with you. Why are you afraid? Our Lord, having had his nap and crossed over, he now encounters two demon-possessed men, whom we are told are dwelling in a cemetery among the tombs with sepulchres, And not only are they just hanging out there, they're not just peacefully, you know, playing games or remembering their departed ancestors. They're out of their minds. It tells us they were exceedingly fierce. So fierce that nobody would go that way. We are told in other encounters of the Gospels with this particular encounter between Jesus and and the demoniac or the demoniacs, that they could not be held with bonds, fetters could not hold them, that they would hurt themselves with stones. And when they see Jesus appearing, they cry out saying, what do we have to do with you, Jesus? You son of God, have you come here to torment us before the time? Our Lord This morning, in a different encounter from the Gospel of Matthew, here encounters the chaotic effects of sin. From that storm to this chaos of the demons. Because our Lord not only has come to teach us, as he did on the Sermon on the Mount, to also elicit faith from us, But he is on a rescue mission. That he has come into the depths of chaos, of violence, and even death to rescue. 
We have the fierceness of these demon-possessed men, the violence. We have the chaos from the sea and the chaos of this frenzy, violent self-affliction. And of course, we have the finality of death as these demon-possessed men dwell amongst the tombs. We are familiar with the violence of the sea if we are familiar with the Psalms. Psalm 68 in the Septuagint or 69 in the Masoretic text. We have read and had these words on our lips. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no standing. I have come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I'm weary with my crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. In other parts of the Psalms, we're familiar with the psalmist crying out from the depths of the pit, from Sheol, from death itself, crying out to God to come and save. And this is what our Lord walks into. This is what our Lord peacefully takes a nap in the midst of. This is what our Lord encounters having gone the way that no one else would go. Because he is heading into the tombs, into the fierceness of these demon-possessed men. It's a good thing to know that as soon as the demons recognize Jesus... They already are reacting to him. Are you coming to torment us before the time? St. John Chrysostom talks about the presence of Christ to these demons. For indeed they were invisibly receiving stripes. As if they were being whipped by the very presence of Christ. The sea was not such in a storm as they were. They were inflamed, embittered, and suffered things intolerable from his mere presence. This is a good thing to know. When Jesus shows up, the demons react. They lash out. In fact, they feel tormented by his very presence. Of course, this is what happens when chaos, violence, death encounters life, order, peace. The demons recognize Jesus. They recognize Jesus so much as not just you are tormenting us, but they want permission. Say, please let us go. But you have to bless us so that we can go. So the demons begged him saying, if you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. So they came out, they went into the herd of swine, and they drove that swine and all of their violence and chaos down into the depths of the sea, returning to the chaos and to the depth of death itself. What a contrasting picture we have. The sea, the chaos, the violence of the demoniacs 
and then the death of these swine, these pigs, back into that primordial chaos. And in the midst of all of the swirling violence and chaos, we have Christ taking a nap, calming the storms. And if you notice in this encounter with the demons, does he engage with them? Does he talk to them? He says one word to them. What does he say? Go. The calmness of Christ in the midst of the chaos and the violence and the death. The silence of Christ saying only one word because the demons are trembling before him. They know who he is and they want a way out because his very presence torments them. Does this not call to mind Holy Week as the chaos surrounds our Lord, as the disciples are afraid and they abandon him, or like the cross itself where our Lord takes it on not with anything but a loving self-offering for the life of the entire world? Is this not like when our Lord plunged into the depths of Hades, into the pit that we hear about in the Psalms? Is this not the presence of Christ who with just a word creates and with a word redeems and with a word makes the demons flee? We see the madness of sin and its effects in these pigs. That death and the chaos of the demons has them plunged into the depths of the sea. And St. John Chrysostom, as he preached on this very passage, he talks about the effects of sin and our inability to see or hear the Lord. The demons know, the demons see, they tremble. But we know, we sometimes see, we sometimes hear. And yet for St. John Chrysostom, he tells us, I would rather be with the demoniacs than with certain people enslaved in their sins. Now St. John Chrysostom Uh, is known for speaking very eloquently and largely here. But his point being, he has seen, and I'm sure you have seen, the effects of blinding sin. Where he talks about no boundaries, no laws, no fetters, can stop the consumption, can stop the spread of the illness, can stop the madness For St. John Chrysostom, and this may not surprise you, can you guess which sin he chooses to uh, focus on? (coughs) Greed. Thank you. Yes. Covetousness. St. John Chrysostom tells us about covetousness, how it consumes all things. And he tells us, let us picture, and he draws a picture for us, of someone consumed 
with sin. And he says, let's take off the chains. Let us make manifest the madness of sin. But let's not be afraid of this monster when we uncover it, for it's only a representation. So then he starts to draw the picture for us of a man consumed by sin. He has darting fire from his eyes. From either shoulder, serpents hanging down instead of hands. Let him also have a mouth, but in his mouth, instead of teeth, he has sharp swords. His tongue is a gushing fountain of poison. His belly is more consuming than any furnace, devouring everything that is cast into it. He has some kind of winged feet that flap so vehemently more than any flame. His face is like a dog or a wolf combined. He utters nothing human, but as something unpleasing, terrible comes forth from his mouth. He also, if this is enough, he also has a firebrand, a burning thing to brand someone with. Perhaps this seems terrible to you. Can you... As he draws this picture of a monster of a man. It's quite illustrative. Fiery eyes. Serpents instead of hands, I think, is my favorite bit. Very imaginative. But he draws all of this to show what it is for one to be enslaved to sin. For one to have within them or from without shackles that it cannot do anything but become a monster. St. John Chrysostom tells us, speaking of a covetous man, how they can be fierce just like these demoniacs. They can assail all like hell, swallowing all up going about with everyone as their enemy, that he would have no one exist so that he can possess all things. That he stops not even at this, but when he is longing, he shall have destroyed all men. He wants to destroy the substance of the earth and see it all become gold. Not the earth only, but the hills, the woods, the fountains, and a word that all things become gold for the covetous man. We can replace gold in this consumption of the covetous man. Just choose your sin. Lust, anger, envy, sloth, impatience, selfishness, gluttony, irritability. Just go down the list. Because when sin has us and it has its hold, it makes us into monsters. We've all experienced this, have we not? around those with serpent hands? Have we not experienced this ourselves in reflection of saying, I have winged feet? Of course, you don't really think of yourself as having winged feet, but that reality of being able to see yourself, to be able to actually take stock, to be able to see the things that you are enslaved to, we need to be able to see this sin and even small sins that we may regu- you know, put to the side and just say, these aren't that big of a deal. To see what their effect is and all their grotesqueness, 
the chaos, the poison, the things that it does to us. The demons saw and they wanted to be released. We see and we want to deflect. We don't want to deal with it. We want to move on. St. John Chrysostom tells us, consider then all these things. Consider the losses that you have sustained because of your sin. The anxiety, the fear, the anger, the loss of relationships, all the things that have come because of your enslavement to sin. Consider them. Consider the chaos that they bring. And then you need to come to Jesus to see him and he can just say one word go one word not one word about to say but you can be healed you are loved by God he's not going to force you He is not going to do anything but invite you into the freedom of the sons of God. This is where for us in the midst of the depth, in the midst of the mire, in the midst of the pit, in the chaos of the sin that has ensnared us, that we contemplate the beauty of Christ. Christ who has no fear of the chaos, who can sleep through the storms. Christ who who when he encounters these fierce, incredibly dangerous demons, all he says is go. Christ in his beauty, if we remember, let's go back to Lent and the depiction that John gives us of Jesus, the warrior who will take care of all of the demons. Fasten yourself to him. Do not be like the city Remember afterwards what happens? The pig owners, they go to the city, they tell everybody, we lost our pigs and here's the reason why. And what does the city do? Do they come out and marvel at our Lord and say, incredible things you have done. Come and teach us more. We want to know more. No, the exact opposite. Go away. You're going to upset things. You're going to turn things. You're going to bring chaos here. But our Lord does not bring chaos. Our Lord does not bring death. He brings peace, stability, love, harmony. He brings everything that we need. So brothers and sisters, when you behold yourself in the mirror and you start to see the serpent arms, the fire in the eyes, the poison coming from your tongue, go to Christ, repent. Let him say, go. Let him calm the storms if you are upset. If there is so much around you that besieges you, he is present. He is, there's this beautiful icon. I love it. It's in many churches that you're entering in. And it's Jesus' little child asleep. This is our Lord, the Lion of Judah, asleep, present to us more than we are present to ourselves. He's present in the storm, he's present in the chaos. Let him bring peace. Let him say to the sins and the chains that have ensnared you, freedom, let him say, 
go. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.